Welcome to the Mama Bear Apologetics Podcast. A podcast where we teach you to roar like a mother. And by roar, we mean recognize the message, offer discernment, argue for a healthier approach, and reinforce these ideas with your kids. Unless you want to growl around your house. I mean, that's cool too. <laughs> You're like, check it, we keep it reels. <laughs> that's so bad. You're awesome. Mama Bear Apologetics is a listener-supported program, so if you like what we do, head on over to the Mama Bear Apologetics website and click support. It's time to rise up, ladies. Rise up, Mama Bears. This might not affect your faith, but it might affect your children's. Welcome to another episode of Mama Bear Apologetics. I'm Hillary. And I'm Amy. And today we're going to kind of start out with a prayer just because our world, how would you even describe it, Amy? It seems like it's just gone crazy. I mean, yeah. it's, um, it, it was so sad because, you know, your kids see movie trailers regardless. You can't really filter those out, especially when they come on commercials. But my eight-year-old, when he was watching the news the other night with us, he looked at it and he goes, wow, mom, that looks like The Purge. And oh. it's just awful. You know, to yeah. hear hear your kids say, obviously, we've never seen the the movie, but the fact that they were able to look at a movie trailer from a, mm. what, a couple years ago and then to look at this and be like, wow, that looks so much like it is just heartbreaking. Mm. So we're going to start this episode out with prayer because we're we just ask right now for a banner of grace as we are discussing these topics Um I guess I was going to wait till later, but I, I'm just going to say this now. Living in community, this is, you know, I, I've kind of railed against the idea of, oh, we're messy, you know, when people use messy in, in terms of sin. But the idea of being messy, this is a legitimate issue of being messy, where as we are trying to live in community with one another and trying to figure out how do we talk about these things, how do we discuss them with our kids, um, we're going to be coming from different perspectives. We might sometimes be coming from places of ignorance, but we're trying to get this conversation started. Yeah. Um, so just have grace on us. If we say the wrong thing, we are going to open up this podcast more than, well, not like we've ever closed down the podcast to this, but we want to open this up for as much conversation on the Mama Bear page and then in the in the comment section everywhere. We want all of our mama bears to be just engaging in this conversation. And so yes. sometimes that's gonna mean that uh, we need a mama bear to say, hey, you said this and that was offensive. And if we are afraid to either be offended or to accidentally offend, then we're not gonna be able to have these conversations. And so we are entering this conversation knowing full well that um, so someone could say something offends us, but even scarier that we might say something that offends someone else and not that offense, you know, we don't want to make someone being offended is the high, highest, you know, ill that you can possibly do. But the idea that we would actually hurt one of our mama bears by saying something that was insensitive. So we're just going to say it's probably going to happen and we're going to be doing our best. And that's why we want to be in conversation with our mama bears in conversation with each other. And as we're going to talk about in this podcast that true diversity doesn't come from just picking people of other races and being like, let's be friends, because that's not how friendships work. We pick something that we're united around. And here with Mama Bear, we are united around Christ. And we are united around the fact that, well, I say we're all mamas. Of course, I'm not actually a mama. I'm the Mama Bear of Mama Bears, I've been told. So I'm I'm my own kind of mama. But um, that we're all trying to raise godly kids and we're all trying to live out the gospel. That is what we're united around. And as we begin these discussions, just be aware that um, we need to be willing to be offended and to offend um, 
in the hopes of that's how you gain actual unity. I think about it, John and I were actually talking about this last night, about how it seems like marriage in some ways is getting easier, but the reason why I think our marriage is getting easier is because we do the hard work of offending each other and correcting each other as problems come. We're not shoving stuff down. We're not trying to just not say anything and then it just boils over till one day we've been married for 15 years and I just can't take it anymore. <laughs> we've we've done the hard work of basically offending each other and being offended. Um, and that's how you grow in communities. So we just want to have that that umbrella of grace as us uh, around us as we begin this conversation. And again, we're going to welcome all our mama bears to contribute to this, to, to share your thoughts, because we truly are all in this together and we need to start acting like it. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. And I think that's that's such an important distinction is because sometimes it's very difficult to try and phrase things in a very PC way, especially with your wrestle, when you're wrestling with an issue you may not have as much experience with um, or maybe foreign to you. And I know you mentioned your husband. I think of my husband is there have been times where we've been frustrated with one another and we're like, OK, don't take it the way I'm meaning it. But this is I, this is just the way I've got to phrase it. It feels like. <laughs> X. And so we already have this sort of charitable heart, like, okay, you know, you're just going to say something in as rough a shape as possible, but mm -hmm. I get where you're coming from. I get the heart yeah. behind it. It's not to be malicious, but it's just, I, I don't quite know a better way of phrasing it. So let me just throw it out there. Please know that I'm not trying to take you down as a person. I just <laughs> <laughs> kind of suck at how I'm phrasing this right now. Yeah. And that's honestly, that's what true community does. And that's how you grow in true community is sometimes it's like, sometimes you have to preface what you say of like this probably doesn't I don't mean this the way it sounds but I can't yeah. figure out a better way to phrase it <laughs> yeah. um so yeah let's 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 engage the conversation but first I really want to start out in prayer because we really need the Holy Spirit in this conversation with us right now uh so Father God we pray that you would just come and indwell this conversation I pray for the mama bears that are listening Lord that uh, for the ones that need to be convicted that you would convict them for the ones that need to be um to know that there's an ally, that they, they would feel heard and understood, Lord. I pray for boldness on behalf of the mama bears, that if we say something that they don't think is correct, either biblically or something that has been a misunderstanding, I pray that they would have the boldness to reach out in compassion and love. And in this way, Lord, we're going to build this community in a way that is just stronger together, Lord. I just want to thank you, Lord, for creating all the different cultures. I want to thank you for creating um, so many different varieties of people, Lord, that I, I think we sometimes miss the beauty in that. But I love, love, love the passages in scripture that talks about people from every tongue, tribe, and nation, Lord. There's so many so many just cultures I'm excited to learn about when we're in a place where we don't have sin that is clouding and muddying the interactions that we have together, Lord. And I just thank you that it's going to be a celebration of diversity in your kingdom that, you know, if, if we're in a homogenous situation right now, Lord, then we need to be aware that that's not what the kingdom's going to look like. And so we better get used to it now. But I just pray right now, Lord, for those whose hearts have been hardened in any way, that um, you would begin softening the hearts. I pray that we would all begin looking at um, some of our knee-jerk reactions, Lord, no matter what side of the aisle it's on, Lord, and we would be examining our own hearts, Lord, to, um, for the sake of unity, for the sake of being the church, Lord God. And I just, again, I pray for boldness for the mama bears to engage this conversation together and um, give each other that umbrella of grace that they might offend and they might be offended, Lord, because that's how community is formed. Um, 
we thank you for just um, growing Mama Bear and the platform that we can have, Lord, to have these conversations. May we be an agent of good, Lord. Um, in your name I pray. Amen. Amen. Whew. So, Ames, our world is on flames right now, or in flames, going down in flames, literally in flames right now. It's a dumpster um, fire. It's a dumpster fire. Uh, and so we kind of want to talk about there's some people who aren't really aware of all the issues that have led up to this. So we kind of want to talk about the the four main things that have happened within the last couple of weeks that have led up to this, kind of what some of the details are. Again, asking for Umbrella of Grace. I've tried to look into these and get as many of the facts as I can, right? If I if I misspeak, misspeak on anything, let me know. Um, but we're going to explain these as best as we can. The first one that really caught my attention, and this is honestly because Amy and I have been, I've, I'm working on a study guide for the Mama Bear book, and Amy and I are working on a second book right now. Um, so our focus has been all on that. But I'll mm-hmm. have to say when the George Floyd thing came out, that's when I was like, wait, hold on, what's been going on? And I forced myself to watch that full video twice. Uh, <laughs> the first time I just sat there feeling nauseous. And the second time as I was like, I need this burn into my brain mm. to see what is actually going on. And so I, I posted that day on Mama Bear with the full video. I think there's a lot of people who say, well, I can't watch that. It just makes me too depressed or whatever. You know what? I really think you need to get over it. Now, I'm not going to say this for like every child. If you have a super duper sensitive child, we don't want to instill fear in our children. But I think as parents, even if we're sensitive, we need to be willing to be messed up for a while. We need to be willing to be depressed for a while and watch the whole video because there are demographics of people who don't really have the luxury of just like, oh, I'm not going to watch that. This is something that's happening to people in their community and they can't look away. And because they can't look away, I'm deciding that I'm not going to look away. So the whole situation with George Floyd was uh, supposedly uh, the police were called because a man was allegedly using a counterfeit $20 bill. I'm not even sure if that even panned out. Yeah, that aspect of the story hasn't hasn't really come out uh, or yeah. been talked about very much. But that, yeah. yeah, that's kind of the start of it. And so um, what this video shows is, you know, I'm just going to say I really don't care what happened before. Well, I mean, I guess I would care if the guy was like pulling a gun and trying to shoot people, you know, that but that that didn't happen. But it's almost like I don't care what happened beforehand with what I saw with the what the police did, the way they were restraining him. He was fully restrained. And you had an officer that was basically not just kneeling on his neck, but the guy was screaming, I can't breathe. I can't breathe. Uh, please, you know, please. Not only was his knee still on his neck, but every now and then it would just massage into it. And not a good massage. Not not a good massage. Like the kind where it was just like, yep, I'm still here. And you had passerbyers who were sitting there filming saying, what are you doing? What are you doing? And, you know, some people try to criticize them for not attacking the officers. Well, if you watch the whole video, at one point they try to get the guy off and he immediately pulls his pepper spray. And one of the other officers stands in front. You, you can't do anything. So hmm. stop faulting the people filming because thank God they got it on video. And it, it went to the point of where the man goes unresponsive and has blood coming out of his nose. And there's a girl screaming, I'm a first responder. Check his pulse. Check his pulse. Yeah. And they would not check his pulse. Um, anyway, I just want to encourage my mama bears. If you have a queasy stomach, watch it anyway. If, if this is going to mess you up for several days, watch it anyway. I think this is one of those things where... Um, especially, especially when, if you have kind of the luxury of being able to ignore this kind of stuff, I would, I would say you need to be willing to be messed up to see what is going on 
that our that our black brothers and sisters are so grieved about. That's a luxury to just be able to look away. Yeah, no, it's it's one of those to where it kind of goes back to the post about being in a Christian bubble. We have to be careful that we aren't isolating ourselves from discomfort because that kind of keeps us out of the uh, to be able to interact knowledgeably. So it's yeah. it's definitely um, it's definitely worth watching. It's important. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's part of being a mama bear apologist is we don't just read stuff that we agree with. We have to, we have to expose ourselves to what, you know, what is really going on in, in maybe other spheres that we wouldn't normally engage in. So I just want to, so anyway, that was, that was the first one I became aware of. And then I started becoming aware of all these other ones. Yeah. Uh, so Christian Cooper, highly educated black man. He's a Harvard graduate. He worked for, I think, Marvel Comics. He's a, one of the few black members of the Audubon Society in New York, which is like the official like wildlife is, yeah. I, it might be specifically birds. I birds. can't remember. I think, yeah. He, he's a birder. He's an, av- if you, if you, if you've never seen anything about birding, you need to see the, I think it's called the big year. It's a great movie about birders. Um, it's got, it's got a really good cast. It's got like uh, Steve Martin and, oh, who's the other guy? Jack Black. Oh, it's so fun. It's this whole demographic that I'm like, okay, I, I don't, I don't relate at all, but that's kind of a fun movie. Anyway, so he's a birder and he's in New York and right. he's in Central Park and it's this area that is known for their birding. And mm-hmm. this woman comes in and takes her dog off the leash. And so he's asking her, put your dog on the leash, put your mm-hmm. dog on the leash and she won't do it. And, and he's like, well, you're not going to like what I'm going to do, which she perceived as a threat. But what he meant was I'm going to videotape you basically with yeah. your dog off the leash. And what she starts saying is she starts saying to him, I'm going to call the 911 and tell them that there's an African-American man threatening my life. Mm-hmm. And he's like, okay. And she's like, I'm going to do it. And so then she calls, she calls the 911 mm. and this dog, oh my gosh. It's like she still won't put the dog on the leash and it's like writhing around, like trying to get free. And she just ratcheted, ratchetous, ratchets. What's that? I don't know. Ratchets, Whatever. I she, think it's ratchets. Too many syllables ratchets. on that first one. It's like she starts telling them, you know, and she's emphasizing there's an African-American man threatening my life, an African-American man threatening my dog. And the guy's just sitting there holding his camera yeah. going, Whatever. And she she gets herself into this flurry of like, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh, you know, like freaking out. Right. As if he's like, you know, coming at her with a knife. I mean, like the guy's probably got like an Argyle sweater on watching birds. Like, seriously, he's very calm um, throughout it. He's just like, yeah. oh, yeah, very calm. And uh, and when she finally puts her dog on the leash, if you notice at the very end of the video, which we're going to. I'll, I'm going to include the links to this one in in the in the regular podcast notes. I was going to say for the Patreons, but I really want all our mama bears to be informed about this. Yeah. Um, as soon as she puts her dog on the leash, he goes, "Thank you," and he stops filming. Like that's all he was wanting was, yeah. uh, you know, because he's wanting to look at the birds. Um, so we have a link to that. So that was the second one, and I, I don't know what order these went in exactly. So the next one is Brianna Taylor, and this was in Kentucky. Yeah, I think this was, let's see, this one was in March. Oh, was it? Yeah, was Brianna it was in March, yeah. Uh, the fact that it's taken that long for me to be aware of it, that's frustrating. But again, it's book we're research. working on We've two books right books now. Constantly. So what can we do? But uh, I think it was like, so in Kentucky, they have this law that says you can do a... Um, it's like a no-knock thing. Yeah, to where- I, that's what it's called, a no-knock thing. And so they... What are those things that, that like the battering rams? The yeah. battering ram in her door. Well, see that this is the problem in Kentucky. They also have the law that if someone's breaking into your house, you're allowed to shoot them. Mm. So 
when you've got the police saying we're allowed to do a no knock, you know, barging in and you've got the law saying you are allowed to shoot someone in your house if they're breaking in, that's what you call a conflict of interest. It's not going to go well, no. So apparently what had gone on was they suspect someone had said that suspicious packages were going to her house. Neither her nor her boyfriend that lived there were under suspect of anything. They just mm-hmm. thought it was packages. They bust in at 12, like midnight, 1230 at night. Yeah, they were asleep. Both of them were asleep. Yeah, they were asleep and she comes out and they thought someone's breaking in. So she fires a shot because she is well within her rights to do that. And they just bloated her up. I think she was shot eight times and they've even gone through the the forensics and found like random shots that were going into other apartments and stuff. Mm. Um, so it's like, I mean, they weren't even looking where they were shooting. And so basically this woman got shot down in her own home yeah. while she was sleeping, not even being a suspect for something. That's a problem, friends. That is a problem. And then the final one that um, I don't know as much about this one. This is the because um, I've just been focusing on the George Floyd because it's just made me so sick. Ahmaud Arbery. So uh, ex- I think you looked into that more than I did. So um, Ahmaud Arbery, he's he's sort of known as the the jogger who was chased down by two men in Georgia. And he had been, I guess, captured on sort of motion sensor cameras and things going through a house that was in the process of being built, which Hillary and I were talking before this. We've, we've both done this. and, and I've fa- totally done that. Who doesn't like to see a house under construction and just be like, hey, let's, let's, I mean, shoot, if, if I were to be a suspect for like burglaries every time I wanted to look at a house under construction, I mean, I can't count the number of times I've gone on just because... It's interesting to see how houses houses are built. Yeah, we had lived in a, our first house here in Texas was in a community that was just being built. And when the house next door to it, the lot was sold, you know, they're building the house and everything. And oh yeah, I walked in there a couple of times being like, oh, look at their fire placement. You know, this is nice. But um, so that's, he was sort of caught on camera. Tell us what you said to Mike and what he said. Oh, (laughs) oh, well, and then Mike, um, my husband, there's a, there's this abandoned farmhouse that's by his work. We drive past it every time I'm bringing him lunch um, to work. And I want to go in there so bad. And he won't let me, he won't let me do it. He's like, no, that's dangerous. There could be someone in there. And I'm like, man, I just need Hillary to come here. Hillary would go and explore the old house with me. So I totally would. <laughs> I know. We're, we're Nancy Drew uh, yeah. people. Well, anyways, he was, he had walked through this house. Well, the two gentlemen had assumed that he was the person that was burglarizing the... Yeah, there was like a series of burglaries in the community. And so basically they see this black man jogging, which his mom's like, he's into fitness. He goes jogging. Um, He was just jogging. Yeah. And so they they got weapons, they chased him down, and they killed him. And that also was was, um, being filmed. And I believe the person who filmed it is actually being charged as well um, for, for not stopping it. It and seemed like it happened so fast. I don't know if they could have. I mean, I guess it depends on how... I haven't seen the full video of how long it was going on. If it was going for long for a long time, then that that is a good point. Yeah, that just recently happened. And even here in, in DFW, there was a, a gentleman who was asleep in his apartment. And in the middle of the night, a, uh, a white female cop who she was coming home, she thought she was yeah. going into her apartment. Mm-hmm. And she went into his, thought he was an intruder, and killed him. And so yeah. that just recently happened here in, in I remember Texas. that. Oh, I felt sick about that. It was absolutely awful. But what was so, I mean, the one of the amazing things was his family forgave her. Like, it yeah. brought the whole courtroom to tears. Um, but anyway, so, that, I mean, that's just another thing. It just seems like there have been so many within the news lately that people yeah. are 
they've had enough. It just seems like it's a pattern now that there's this systemic um, assault on African-American mm-hmm. people and it, it's boiled over. And now with the loss of George Floyd, it has just blown up into what started as peaceful protests. And now they've very quickly shifted into um, not always peaceful. There's a lot more looting and violence now, which is yeah. pretty much what's uh, on my news is it mainly is covering a lot mm-hmm. of the violence and the looting that's happening. So there isn't there's a few notes here and there of these are peaceful protests here, but most of the the news space is being taken up by the fires and yeah. buildings being uh, broken into and that sort of thing. Yeah, if y'all go to my personal, um, um, I might I might try to share it on the Mama Bear Twitter, but I know on my personal Twitter at um, uh, Hillary M Ferrer. Um, I post a couple of threads where people are saying, let's post stuff that's not being posted in the news. And it was like, there was one where there was it, there was a, a line of, of black protesters protecting a police officer who got separated from his unit because they knew that these, you know, some of these rioters were out for blood and they were going to protect him. Or there was another one where they're all doing, I'm trying to think of what that dance is. Oh, which one? Is it one of the Fortnite da, da, dances? Do your thing, do your thing. I used to do it at parties all the time. It was fun. <laughs> I, I, I'm actually pretty good at it. I can't remember what it's called, though, now. It's been a while I'm since I've gone to one of my, like, my 30-something parties. <laughs> um, and it's like they're all doing that. And so it's like, let's look at some of the stuff going on. Or mm-hmm. there's, like, crews of people that are out cleaning up after the riots and yes. cleaning up after the after the protesters. It's like, this is the stuff that the news doesn't want to what doesn't want to show um, that's actually going on Um I don't know. I think we're getting ahead of ourselves here. Anyway, there's a lot of stuff in the news. There's a lot of stuff on social media. Um, but these are some of the things to be aware of. And that um, in talking with some of my just black brothers and sisters, that they they make several points that uh, I was like, wow, it never even occurred to me about this. Like one of the things that has become very a, a big deal uh, within the community is parents having to tell their kids, always keep your phone charged because mm-hmm. you never know when you're going to have to videotape one of these things. Like people want to say, oh, you know, how dare that that person just videotape and not um, not step in and do something. You know what? If they hadn't videotaped, this could have all gotten swept under the rug. The right. fact that we had the video evidence is the reason why there's a ruckus going on. So, you know, there's something to be said for, yeah, you need to step in. But there's also something to be said for you do need to catch this on video. Uh, well, there was someone that said something. I'm trying to remember. It was something along the lines of, it's not that this stuff hasn't been happening before. It's that we're finally being able to videotape it. Yes. Yeah. We're, we're more aware of it. Same. Um, uh, I've, I've heard almost the it, the converse of that being used as, you know, some people say, oh, well, it almost seems like within the news, there's all sorts of horrible things, not just race things I'm referring to, all sorts of this awful stuff. And it's not saying that, well, back in the day, it was a lot purer. It's just back in the day, they didn't really know about it. You had your local newspaper and that was it. You didn't really hear so much of what was going on in New York. Whereas now with technology, we have more of an awareness. And so, yeah, yeah you... With this, it's it's a good thing too because then there's that accountability. Uh, that it's like a second set of accountability. It's not only do you have actual witnesses, well now you have a digital footprint, uh, a digital recording yeah. of what you, is going on, and so it's just as much as um, sort of a defensive tactic. Like, okay, here's a way to back you up, but it's also here's a way for people to be held accountable as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and one one of my black friends has talked about these. There are certain things that his father taught him that it never occurred to me to have to do. And he's had to use this. Like, number one, they're being, uh, you know, he said, we always tell each other, always keep your phone charged. And it's specifically for these reasons. But number two, uh, one of the things that never occurred to me is when they have, when they pay a parking ticket or a, um, or, or a speeding ticket or something like that, my friend Donald says, my dad taught me always keep the receipts in the car. 
Hmm. because the number of times he's been pulled over for going maybe like five miles over this. I mean, who gets pulled over for going five miles over? Um, And then they say, well, you have outstanding parking tickets. And he says, no, I paid that. And they say, well, it's not on record here. He has had to pull into his glove compartment. So you see, here's the record. So it's like they, they were willing to say, no, you haven't paid it without even looking at it. He has to keep his receipts. That's like, that's not something that ever occurred to me. Yeah. No, that's, that's absolutely ridiculous that you would lie like that because that is something we, we've got electronic paper trail. I mean, you can look yeah. that stuff up. So that's what they're doing when they're scanning your license plate is seeing mm-hmm. if you have any outstanding warrants or outstanding tickets, that sort of thing. So it's not like that information isn't there is now they're yeah. just trying to blind it. And I apologize if you hear plates crashing in the distance. This is quarantine podcasting. My children are doing crazy stuff. I apologize. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh- so, I mean, these are these are things that I, I love having these. Well, I don't say I love having these conversations, but I, I like having these conversations to be made aware of stuff that right. never even occurred to me. Because, I mean, you can't know what you don't know. And that's just right. a fact. Um, and so that's why having these conversations is so important to be like, oh, wow, you like a, another friend of mine, Monique, she calls it. And I've heard it actually from several people. She calls it driving while black. Oh, and yes, it's a, you don't get a DWI, you get a DWB. Mm. And, um, you know, it's so funny you bring that up because I had heard someone refer to that. And actually, one of the tips that they were told is to have stuffed animals in your back window. Because if you mm. have stuffed animals in your back window, people think you're a parent and you're less of a quote unquote threat or whatever. So they wow. actually that's one of the tips that they were given by their family members is to put stuffed animals in your back window because then you look like a family car and it's not mm. sort of. Not as much as a danger, I guess. Yeah. Friends, I just got to say, if if you have never had to think about these things, these are worth thinking about of this being your daily reality of what are ways that I can do that is going to make me look. It's never occurred to me that, of course, I'm like, you know, five foot two. <laughs> I don't think I'm a threat to anyone. But like, what are, you know, having to think about what are some ways that I can look less threatening? That's mm-hmm. never had to occur to me before. Yeah. It's, it's um, like OPSEC. Uh, we were we were briefed on this when we were deployed in or when we were stationed in Germany. It's when you were going what's out. OPSEC? Op- operational security. It's okay. uh, it's basically when you're when you're going out and about, you need to conduct yourself uh, in a way that does not draw attention. You need to make sure that you're dressing and looking like the folks. You need to avoid certain places to where you're kind of on edge a little bit because you got to be mm-hmm. aware of what's around you, aware of your surroundings and that sort of thing. But it's it, it's not to the degree that I think some people have had to deal with it. Um, yeah. I mean, ours was just more of an awareness and making sure, you know, you wore the right shoes with jeans so you didn't look like an American. <laughs> you look like a European because Europeans don't wear tennis shoes with jeans. So oh, good to know. Um, you have to be, I'm Canadian, eh? <laughs> yeah, so, so, yeah. But, I mean, it's it's constantly having to be on edge. That'd be, that'd be awful. Yeah. It, kind of, it steals your joy of just going out and about. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I think that's a huge one. Just stealing your joy of being able to go out and about. The idea of, like... I have to be worried if I go jogging that it looks like I'm fleeing from the scene of a crime Mm. or I'm just going to be in Central Park asking a woman to put her dog on a leash. Like that to me is the most ridiculous thing ever. Yes. But so anyway, if if you've been wondering what all of the hoopla was about and you haven't taken the time to look at it yourself, I want you to take a look at these because these we, we cannot look away from this. We need to see what's going on and we need to know why there is so much pain. Mm hmm. Um, from our brothers and sisters. And so the next two things we're going to talk about, we want to talk about kind of the problems that we see on both sides. And this is where, uh, so just Amy and I are working on a book and, and our first chapter is going to be titled, We uh, 
interrupt this book to offend everybody. To and offend everybody. Where that's kind of how, and so we're not going to tell you what the topic is, but um, that's kind of how we operate in some ways. Cause I think that uh, basically everybody needs to check their biases. And, yeah. and so it, it means that everybody's going to get offended. So instead of trying to not offend anyone, we're just going to go ahead and equally offend everybody. <laughs> but we, we want to make sure that, um, because I don't know, I think that we all have biases. And so we need to be able to look at those and nobody's free of those. But we want right. to be able to emphasize where we have been wrong mm-hmm. um, and see the other side. Because again, that is how you build community. And um, we, we have to be careful too to keep our feelings in check at times because we're our yeah. culture now is very, they lean way to the, oh, feelings are truth and that sort of thing. And one quote yeah. that is always makes me laugh is from Ben Shapiro of facts don't care about your feelings. And sometimes <laughs> facts are going to hurt your feelings, but we have to be okay with that because we can't shut down facts because they're uncomfortable. Yeah. So, and yeah. I think I think we can all sort of agree with, with that mindset is, yeah, it may be uncomfortable, but it needs to be needs to be discussed. Yeah. And so again, I, I emphasize this at the beginning, but I'm just going to emphasize it and over and over. I really welcome feedback from from all my mama bears of all colors um, on your thoughts on what we're talking about today, because we're, we're we may not get everything right, but we're going to attempt to discuss this. But uh, the one of the problems. OK, so these are some of the problems that we're seeing going on. And I'm going to start. I'm going to start with the things that I see maybe in the white community first, because I think since the black community is the one that has really been harmed right now, that we need to start with checking our own hearts. And that's when people try to immediately explain away the black community's anger and and say stuff like, "Well, let's just wait till all the facts are in. How do we know it was race related?" Mm-hmm. And basically, they're looking for how does this not what it looks like? Yeah, does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, and I think. I think sometimes we do that naturally. It's kind of like when you come up on, not the whole racism part, but trying to trying to push away any sort of discomfort. I mean, in some yeah. ways, that's why we try to get people who we may walk in on them crying. And it's always funny in the shows where you see somebody crying and that socially awkward person comes in and quickly leaves. You know, they're like, oh, I don't <laughs> want to deal with that. In a way, it's kind of what you're seeing here is we, we yeah. want to just sort of blow this off as some sort of overreaction when yeah. uh, we're not taking into account all that all that goes into it. Yeah. And so if that's our first response, you need to check your heart of, have you not even looked into the details because you're waiting to be told, oh, this is what really happened. We're waiting until all the facts are in. Because honestly, I'm just going to call it what it is. That's lazy. Hmm. It's lazy. Yeah. Um, it's not being charitable wait- either. Yeah, it's not if you're going to wait till all the if you want to say wait till all the facts are in first, you need to acquaint yourself with the facts that are there. And don't rely on someone else interpreting for interpreting them for you every time. You need to look at the facts. And this I would especially say with the George Floyd case. Again, I forced myself to watch it. And I've had several nights of not being able to sleep and, and anxiety and some depression. And you know what? I'm willing to take that because I want to be aware of what's going on and where all this anger is coming from. But I, I've had people mention, well, let's wait till all the facts are in. And that just bothers me because... You're sort of disregarding that any injustice occurred in the first place is just, well, oh, yeah. And you're disregarding the facts that are in. It's like, I'm, I'm waiting for something. I, I'm waiting to look at the facts until it confirms what makes me more comfortable. Yeah. Is essentially what that's saying. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Sometimes the, it is going to be the case that more facts come in. You're like, oh, well, you know, something was justified or it wasn't what it looks like. But first, look at what it looks like. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, good grief. Be willing to look at it first. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think in that regard, too, it's important to 
to have sort of a whole picture, I think you have to be careful to make sure you look at all sort of media outlets. Um, mm-hmm. Because th- that's one thing that we do have to affirm is is there are media outlets that very much lean to the right. There's very, there's outlets that mm-hmm. very much lean to the left. And that's going yep. to shape how things are being presented, what information is going to be conveyed. And so I, I think in that in that charitable mindset that we're encouraging is we do have to be willing to look at both sides of things yeah. and, uh, and, and then have all the facts there. So... Yeah, because we're, we're going to see two different things. We're going to see let's fl- uh, like pour gasoline on these flames and mm-hmm. try to just burn everything down and whatever we can do to inflame more. You're right. going to see that. But you're also going to see people who are saying, look away, there's nothing to see here. Yeah. And those are both problems. Yeah. They are both problems. So let's be honest. Uh, so one of the other problems that, oh, I just got to call out, shoot, I need to find his name. There is... Like, because anybody who watches this George Floyd thing can see this is so obviously murder. And there was some mayor, I think, let me find Didn't out who it is. because I don't the Mississippi mayor? Yeah, and I, um, there's nothing wrong. I'm going to look that up. I don't want to say the wrong state. Hal Marks, I think it's ironic his name's Marks. Uh, yeah, the Mississippi mayor. He said he watched it and he didn't see anything wrong. I'm sorry, but if you watched that and didn't see anything wrong, you need a psychological test. Yeah. Well, and you even talked about this a little bit and we, we've discussed it sort of off off microphone, not necessarily off camera, <laughs> but um, this kind of prevailing sense of apathy and that yes. has uh, that has occurred to where they're not even seeing them people as human beings. And another another individual... Um, Oh, I forget Daryl. I forget his last name. He's a PhD. I, I wrote him an article that he wrote on LinkedIn. He was a former police officer, and he mm. he echoed that, but he kind of expanded it a bit. That says that there are even uh, there's even cases of sort of this sociopathic view of humanity mm. that can sometimes permeate within police groups to where yeah. it's just becomes an us versus them mentality. Um, and I mean, we even hear it on in the news to where we refer to to criminal criminals or people who have done awful things as animals. Like we, we, we use this terminology that strips away humanity. And yeah. when you start doing that, um, you risk treating people as if they're not human. And that's where these yeah. things come about. Uh, you had mentioned that book, uh, what is it, Ordinary Humans? Um, oh, Ordinary Men. Ordinary Ooh, Men. Golly, if you want to look at what people are capable of, and this is one of the things that struck me about the George Floyd thing, too, is I heard some people saying, oh, you can see how much he hates him. You can see how much he's enjoying, enjoying what he's doing. And see, that was the exact opposite of the, the thing that terrified me about this video is that the guy didn't seem to have any emotion either way. Yeah. It was just another day. Mm-hmm. And so I find that our problem isn't always hate and it's not even always fear. It's either apathy or it's discomfort. Like I'd say discomfort comes from when you're just not exposed to people of other races. And so it's not like you fear them or it's not like you dislike them or you hate them. You're just uncomfortable because it's unfamiliar. We're creatures of habit. We're always going to be uncomfortable with something that's unfamiliar. But that's something we need to find in ourselves. If we find ourselves uncomfortable around a certain type of people for no particular reason, maybe that's a sign that, hey, I should probably try to invest in this community. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
until I'm not having those weird feelings of discomfort anymore. Yeah, I know that's that's something we had talked about uh, before is that we have a tendency to say, well, look at this evil and, and absolutely 100% this, this was evil. But um, I think in some respects, we almost have to be careful a bit of using those words because sometimes evil, I think, can almost be something that you think about in regards to characters in a storybook. Like you'll have an evil yes. bad guy and that sort of thing. And in a way we can say, well, I'm not capable of that. And what mm-hmm. you were talking about with... Um, ordinary men and those these were the individuals who were behind the holocaust is that we we have to be very careful because when we are very capable of it and so these feelings of apathy this stop seeing people as humans that's very capable for us to do and so we want to say oh this is evil it is evil but it's something that we are all very much capable of doing we have to be careful of that yeah. And just as a little backstory on uh, on Ordinary Men, it was, oh, God, I forgot her name all of a sudden. Oh, Hannah Arendt. Um, and she was uh, she was a Jew, I think, during the Holocaust. And she went to the, the trial of Adolf Eichmann, who mm. was basically the PR guy behind all of the Holocaust. And... You know, they had they they were trying all sorts of other people, I think, from the Holocaust, if I remember correctly. And the thing that she came away with is that it was not that these people were so evil, but they were so ordinary. Mm. And so it's this I, I think even calling things, oh, this is evil, that's a way of distancing yes. ourselves from saying this is in my own heart. Mm-hmm. That again, I didn't see that that officer acting in hate or in um anger or even in I mean, it, it, it very likely could have been race related. I can't, I you know, there's no way to know. It's just the, the utter apathy and disconnection he had mm-hmm. from another human being suffering that was just so terrifying because he just looked like this was just another day for him. Yeah, I totally agree. And it's so funny because when I was a kid, uh, when it came to bad guys in stories or movies, those were the people that I found most terrifying. I'll never forget this nightmare that I had. And it, it was just, I was being chased by this man who was evil, but he wasn't running after me. He was just walking very calmly. And I knew what Ooh. he was going to do when he caught up to me, but oh, I'm getting goosebumps thinking of it. But it was just that <laughs> that apathy that's there that was most terrifying. It's like, it's not the yeah. person who's, you know, chasing after you with a glove full of knives or whatever or yeah it's not anything like that it was it was the control that's what was terrifying yeah and that's actually something that they talk about the difference between um like sociopaths versus people who just fly off the handle they talk it um about the idea between cobras and either bulldogs or pit bulls i can't remember which one it was it might be pit bulls that like the cobra before it attacks its heartbeat goes down really yeah. And so it's this cold, calculated, mm. controlled kind of attack versus something like the pit bull or whatever and whatever dog it is. Its heartbeat goes up and it just kind of, you know, goes out of control. <laughs> and that's kind of a crime of passion. I think the one that's more terrifying, and this is, I think, something that you'll see kind of in the sociopathic community, is this patience mm. and this calmness. Um, that that really is the most terrifying aspect. Yeah. So anyway, the things that we said, problems on all sides, is trying to explain away stuff without really looking into it yourself, letting other people interpret it for you instead of interacting with the evidence that is available to you. Right. Um, and I and I understand we can't do this with everything, but when something is this big of a deal, we need to interact with this. And we when we have brothers and sisters that are in this much pain and that have been saying, this is a problem, this is a problem, and we keep trying to explain away every instance as not what it appears. Yeah. I'm sorry. We need to check our hearts on that. Um, but then the, the other problem would be, uh, you mentioned, not being able to distinguish between protesters and rioters. 
Yes. Oh, yeah. And you're seeing that a lot on on media is they're saying, oh, well, look at all these protesters and things. And I think it's it's dangerous for twofold because, for one, it, it really tarnishes what the peaceful protesters are doing. Yes. It totally mm-hmm. takes away from their message. It steals from the um, the injustice of George Floyd's death. Uh, mm-hmm. It totally overshadows it. I mean, honestly, you see yeah. more about the protesters um, or not protesters here. I'm doing it. Uh, the looters and that sort of thing. <laughs> so I think it's especially with with kids. And one thing that you know we've been talking with our kids, there's a very big difference between protesting and then the mm-hmm. looting and the violence that's going yeah. on. And you have to differentiate between the two because yeah. one is evil and exploitive and the other mm-hmm. is trying to make change and trying to make yeah. some a wrong node known and trying to uh bring justice and so we, yeah. we have to i think it's very important and, and unfortunately there's there within the media they've been sort of um as, as ben said conflating the two and uh yeah it's, it's important to know the difference yeah and then on the flip side of the coin the idea of not being able to distinguish between good and bad law enforcement because we need to be aware that there is bad law, that it's like, it is known within, you know, people that I know that are cops, they know guys on the force that they're like, yeah, that guy's just here because he likes power. Yeah. And John and I even knew a guy back when we lived in Dallas. It was this guy that was kind of like in this sort of halfway house, but it was a Christian halfway house and stuff. And he got a job in law enforcement. And we were like, this guy has no business being mm-hmm. in law enforcement. You could tell that it was an insecure guy who really liked having power. And we need to be able to weed that you know, kind of personality out of the police force because I think this this guy kind of exhibited those symptoms. I mean, so the, the, the guy that was actually kneeling on his neck, I've heard between 12 and 18, he's had 12 and 18 complaints of police brutality. Mm. The fact that he is, I mean, that that has not been looked into before now is a heinous crime. Yeah. And we need a way to be able to say, hey, you know, we need to be able to find the personality profiles that really enjoy carrying that baton, carrying that gun, because they do exist. Yes. However, um, my brother-in-law is, is a former police officer. We have one of our mama bears who is just absolutely just destroyed right now because her husband's a police officer. And every time he goes out, he is a target mm. because you put on that uniform, you are automatically lumped in yeah. with all of that all that nastiness. And so we need to we need to recognize that if we're spreading vitriol about it's the cops versus, uh, you know, uh, the people kind of thing, um, that is not good because like there are good men in the force that are trying to be the change that are there because they are trying to build a bridge and create order and to help people. And if we lump them all together, I mean, isn't that where all these problems started by lumping everybody together into one demo into one personality demographic it's yeah and it, what was it it was it was on the news that there was yeah there was a person holding up a sign that said no good cops and mm-hmm. it was like are you serious this is this is so dangerous one because it's not true and two because it, it puts that divide it's saying if yeah. you are x then you are y if you are a cop you are evil and yeah. we need change right now um within uh police departments and that sort of thing but how some of the best ways to be that change is to go in there in fact it was it was either our police chief or our mayor who was saying look uh we want change come join the police department be the change yeah. and but if you're already saying well nope they're all bad then mm-hmm. that needed change you just cut off that opportunity so we have to yeah. be very careful that we don't make these sort of blanket statement identity claims they say it even in marital counseling like if you're struggling with your spouse you should never use the words always and never because Mm -hmm. for one it's not true and it's just uh dangerous and harmful 
Yes. Um, and the same goes for situations like this. We have to be very careful that we do not take um, several people's terrible, terrible decisions and then say all of it is busted. Yeah. All, all Everyone is evil. Everyone is corrupt. Because then yeah. you're just cutting yourself off from the community or saying that everyone is, yeah, is the problem. And that may not yep. be the case. Yep. So this is where we're seeing, I think this is where things just exacerbate and it, it just... What do you say when things just keep getting where it like oh it's snowballs like it's, it's snowballs it's the snowball that just yes. has turned into this massive avalanche and this is the way we're feeding into it yeah so let's talk real quickly and again this is not going to be comprehensive well, let me see how many how many minutes in we are we're 44 minutes we're going to just do a really brief summary of some of the things that you can do but we are planning on continuing this conversation so i i want to wait before i give too many like oh we should do this and mm-hmm. this because I really want to have the conversation with my mama bears. Mama bears, you are important. Papa bears, you're important. Yes. <laughs> I want to have this conversation with you because I don't we, we don't want to be sitting here like, hey, let's let's, you know, stand here on our podcast and solve all these problems. <laughs> we want to start the conversation. And so we're gonna give some ideas here, but we are planning on addressing this more in the upcoming weeks. And um, we are looking at partnering with an organization called the Center for Biblical Unity. Uh, with a friend of mine uh, named Monique, who is an expert in critical theory that might be doing some, um, maybe some, uh, she's teaching some classes and they fill up like that. She's just that good. But we would like to have something specifically for our mama bears and papa bears where it it can be maybe an abbreviated version of what's going on within critical race theory. And um, just, you know, some of her thoughts on, you know, the, the emails that people keep getting, how do I not raise racist kids? And we're like, maybe we should just call the seminar, <laughs> how to not raise racist kids. And she's got a real quick answer to that, which I think is hilarious, is, which is basically, don't be a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> and um, my simple answer to that is like, dude, make friends of people of other races. Mm. But anyway, so we we want to say that we're introducing this conversation, but just so that we, we give you some practical things to go away with right now, we want to talk about maybe some good ways for us all to respond. And the first one I would say, um, especially, and again, I don't like dividing things into white versus versus black versus Asian. We are all mama bears. We are all papa bears. But I would say, especially for the white community, we need to be quick to listen. Yes. On this. Um, I have friends that are like, man, it seems like people are just going into answer mode. We need to listen. We have to recognize that this is traumatic events. Mm-hmm. And... We need to be slow to speak and slow to correct even at at this point, because sometimes when people are emoting, they are saying things that maybe they even know aren't true, but at this time, they just need to be heard. And not that we should go on forever just saying, oh, yeah, you know, emote forever, because that's not good. But Mm -hmm. we're in the midst of a serious trauma right now, and I think we need to listen first. Yeah. No, I completely agree. Yep. And then this is something that goes out to everyone. Whatever your first reaction is, try doing the opposite. So I'm going to give a couple examples. I was going like, to say, we need a little bit of clarity with that one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. This is the same advice I give to my husband when he thinks he knows where he's going. Poor guy. He has no sense of direction. So he's actually learned whatever his first instinct is to do the opposite. Um, so anyway, for example, if your first instinct is to f- try to figure out the, a way that the cops weren't really wrong. Oh, mm. we need to wait till all the facts are in. If that's your first instinct, then you need to be like, oh, I see I'm waiting for something to agree that's something that makes me comfortable. Mm-hmm. That's a clue that I need to dive into the facts that are available. Yeah. 
I need to acquaint myself with uncomfortable things. I need to say, what does it look like at first glance is happening? Not that we need to say we're going to ignore all future facts. But if that's your way of saying I'm not going to interact with it until someone interprets it for me in a way that I'm comfortable with, that's a sign that you need to go watch that, you know, what the videos that we're going to post for George Floyd, for Christian Cooper, for Breonna Taylor, for Ahmaud Arbery, go watch all of them and watch all of them twice. And even if it messes you up, watch them. Mm-hmm. So if, uh, if that's your first instinct, then yes, do the opposite. What are some other ideas you have, Amy, for a first instinct that maybe someone would need to do the opposite? Oh, gosh, I, th- I think the one that that I wish uh, m- more people would take advantage of is be very slow to tweet something. Um, you have to be very cautious about what you're retweeting, um, what uh, what you're saying, because it's just like before, it's very easy to charge out with emotional language. And what is it, Twitter? You only have, what, 120 characters? So I think it's 144 now. 144. But. Okay, well, they've expanded. Where are you? you I know. Where am I? Up with- <laughs> I know. I joined Twitter like two years ago, so I know yeah. nothing. Um, but uh, that's actually a very small amount of space. Anyone who's ever had to write a paper can tell you that's a very small amount uh, of space. So you have to be very clear, but also very careful because what's going to happen is people are going to see what you're tweeting and make a whole lot of assumptions based on that. They're going to assume your background. They're going to assume what you believe in, all this other stuff. So we have to be very careful that um, what exactly we're communicating. Um, And I mean, even with even with our kids, I mean, if you've got older teens and things who are also on social media, they're also going to be seeing what you are doing as well. So uh, I would say exercise caution when it comes to that. Yeah. And I would say caution your kids on what to tweet, like to make, you know, because that stuff follows you. Um, and uh, you just need to, yeah, you need to, it's like, again, we're not encouraging people to not get all the facts. I think you should be as informed as possible and make sure you're as informed as possible with the information that's available. Yeah. But I think even on the opposite end of the spectrum too, we also have to be slow in a way to react. And I'm not saying slow as in do nothing. I'm saying be yeah. careful that we're not necessarily reacting out of anger because it's in, uh, I'm reading so many of these articles and there's so many young people that have just are flying off the handle. I mean, I'm talking young 20s who are throwing Molotov cocktails into cop cars mm. full of police officers. And it's like, whoa, how did you get there? We have to be very careful that we don't um, take what we're seeing and react. Uh, yeah. Very, uh, very violently to that as well. We also we have to be show to react, interact, yes. not react. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, and that takes sometimes that takes uh, separating yourself from it a little bit, taking a walk, taking a few deep breaths. We again, we have to be careful that we, um, in the midst of these awful things, that we don't uh, become puppets to potentially misinformation. So we have yeah. to be very careful. Yep. Uh, and that, that kind of goes along the lines of, again, this equal opportunity offense here. It's like if, you're, if your instinct is to, you know, explain away everything is not being racial, you need to check your heart. But if your first instinct is to make everything about race, yes. too. And not that I'm saying like these ones right here kind of seem sort of clear cut that, yeah, there is something racial going on. But we need to be aware that the more we look for racism, the more we're going to find it. Um, oh, that reminds me of an Abraham Lincoln quote. He says, if you look for the bad in mankind, you will surely find it. Whatever oh, yeah. you're looking for, you you are going to find. But that doesn't necessarily mean it's the whole story. Again, we're not trying yeah. to minimize anything here. We're just uh, encouraging balance. Yeah. 
And then one thing I'm thinking of, Hillary, is like, okay, so I've got I've got little ones at home. Um, they're they're seeing it. We try to watch it when they're not in the room because again, it's it's very graphic and very violent. Mm-hmm. Um, some of these things. Uh, but I think we and we touched on it earlier is pointing or showing your kids things that they're not seeing on the news. Like I, I yeah. it was on Twitter. That was the way I saw it was um, there were folks in Philadelphia. There's a I believe it was South Philadelphia. There's a community that came together that they were finding out where these protests were going. And excuse me, not protests, looting was happening. And mm-hmm. they were actually going and putting themselves in between the looters, the potential looters and the businesses. So there was a target that was trying to be broken into. And so you That's hear people. People chanting, they've got like bricks and sticks and things, and they're about ready to break into the target and just ransack the place. And Mm -hmm. then, so you hear them chanting for this to happen. They're trying to get everybody psyched up to do it. And then these folks come in and they're putting their themselves in between, they're putting their arms out saying, no, no, we're not doing this. We're not doing this. And it's, uh, it's, it's starting to trend now, I believe, Mm. is for more people to be like South Philadelphia and come in between and say, no, we're not going to loot. This is not what this is about. And, um, and I think it's important for our kids to know that as well, because it's important yeah. for them to understand uh, where that, you know, there is a proper way to protest. There is things that we should defend. Um, obviously, the the taking of the unwarranted taking of a life does not justify burning down someone's restaurant or yeah. stealing in a store. It, it doesn't. There's no correlation there. So um, yeah. so it's, I think it's important to actually have that balance there and to show some of the good that's coming there, which you mentioned were the cleanup efforts and, mm-hmm. and that sort of. Uh, the protecting of the one officer who got separated. Those are things that kids need to see so they don't think that, oh my gosh, everything's just going down in flames. No, there's actually people who are standing up there and doing what's right. Yeah, and I see people of all races coming together and yes. doing this. And that's kind of the beautiful of the unity surrounding this the, the positive messages that are coming, that you do have some unity there. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what we need to be focusing on. But um, so another just practical thing, and this is something that my husband has told me, he's done a lot of international missions. And he says, I think everybody needs to go somewhere at some point where they are the minority. Mm. I wouldn't say that, you know, white privilege accounts to everything, but there are certain things that, yeah, that that is a white privilege. And one of them is that we don't have to be the minority. And so we don't have, we're not forced to experience that. And so I think sometimes just a healthy way is to say, hey, I, sh- I, I should probably experience that. And so finding a place where you're the minority and just purposefully do that to see what that's like. And I I just really believe in building bridges. And we're not going to do this in this podcast, but we're going to talk about how we can have unity around common, common areas. Because again, we talked about earlier, you don't just go find someone and say, hey, you're black, let's be friends, you know, (laughs) because that's just not how friendships work. You find people that are that are have the same interests as you and that have similar passions as you and unite around those things. So um, one of the things that I would really like to do, and I would I would encourage hearing from some of some of our followers and what, what you think of this idea is I would really like to find uh, a predominantly black church and find one that, you know, basically is, you know, on the same page theologically, because we don't want to go to somewhere where we have no idea what their theology is. And then it just creates more division because now we have theological differences. Um, but purposely going up 10, like once a month, get to know the people in that church and purposely be the minority, bring your kids so that they're playing with other kids. And we're going to go into this in a, in a future podcast. But I mean, I think exposure to people of other races is one of the biggest things that we can do for our kids. Um, so that they don't have that luxury of placing all X's are Y. Yeah. You know, all Asians are this, all blacks are this, all whites are this. Mm-hmm. They need to they need to have lots and lots of information of 
individuals because once you get to know anybody of any race you realize none of them are the same as the other they all disagree with each other and this idea that we can lump everybody into a race is just dumb yeah um and so they need to be able to see that everybody of all races are individuals and the more individuals that they get to know the more that they're not going to be able to start stereotyping and Mm -hmm. i think that's really important so those are just some of our real quick things and we really want to address this more and again we welcome we welcome thoughts from all of our mama bears we want to hear from our mama bears of all color yeah all colors all races we want to hear what what you think uh was done well in this podcast what could have been done better what you would like to see us talk about what are some of your thoughts we want it all we want interaction yeah um some of your experiences Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I would like to hear more. Like, you know, when I heard about the whole thing about keeping your parking ticket receipts in your car, that's not something that would have ever occurred to Mm -mm. me. We want to hear these stories. So, um, again, this is part of building community, being willing to be offended and to accidentally offend in hopes of bringing that reconciliation. So we we pray that that's what happens in our community right now. Absolutely. (sighs) Amy, would you like to pray us out? Sure, sure. Father, thank you that you are what we can unite around, that it doesn't matter what we look like or where we're from. We can all come and sit at your feet. And Father, that that's something that's so lost right now. There's so much uh, discord on TV and it, we see it in these news reports and sometimes we even see it being promoted and encouraged. Um, and Father, that is just, that is not what we are supposed to be doing. So I just, I pray for all of our families out there, whether you have kids, whether you pour into kids, uh, whether you're just listening just because uh, you you just want to hear. Um, I pray, Lord, that, that you will help them to, to be slow to speak, to be very quick to listen, Lord, to be charitable in their in their actions and their reactions to offer comfort lord help them to shine your light because that's the only thing that's going to keep darkness at bay and there's there's so much darkness out there there's so much that's just being stirred up for the sake of of hatred and anger and violence and lord that is not the way that is not how progress is made so I pray for these families. I pray for your hand of protection over these families because some of those who are listening are very close to the riots that are going on, the looting that's going on. It's it's in their backyard. They know somebody. And Father, I pray for your, your hand of protection over them. I pray that you will help them um, to be able to speak life into their kids, to their families, to anyone who you have put in their path, Lord, because anytime we're, we're exposed to these topics, it's it's going to end up coming up in conversation later with people that we may know, that we may not know. And I just pray that you will give them boldness, that you will give them compassion, that you will give them your heart and spirit to see people, give them eyes to see these people so that they're not just seeing something to um, to be discarded or or uh, stopped, Lord, that they just see the people behind it. I pray for, I pray for all of our our country right now and our nation and our military leaders, Father. They need your wisdom and they need your guidance. And I pray that the spirit of division that sometimes swirls around these issues will dissipate, because you will raise up warriors who will speak truth and speak life and speak it boldly, Father. We need those Pauls to rise up. Lord, we need those Peters to stand up, those Timothys, those Stevens. We need them, Father, and I pray that you will raise them up. And I pray for our children too, that when they see this stuff, they will not be hopeless, but that they will realize that their ultimate hope is in you. In your holy name, amen. Amen. 
This has been a Mama Bear Apologetics recording. To learn more about Mama Bear Apologetics, please visit us on the web at www.mamabearapologetics.com. We hope you learned a little more about how to sift through ideas, accept the good, reject the bad, and now you can go teach your kids to do the same. Do you have any questions or maybe some ideas about future podcast episodes? Send us an email to askthemamabears at gmail.com and we'll do our best. Rise up, ladies. Rise up, Mama Bears. We are all in this together. Thank you.